listening to Buggy Talk, where some of your favorite authors, friends, and guests explore the simpler side of life. Here's your host, Amish fiction author, Tracy Fertikowski. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Buggy Talk. I'm your host, Tracy Fertikowski. Each week, I bring you the story behind the stories along with the storytellers. For this week's episode, we have Publisher Weekly best-selling author Dana Lynn on board. Hello, Dana. How are you today? Hi, Tracy. I am doing fantastic. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for joining us. We have so many things to talk about today, one, of, one being your newly released book, Plain Refuge, and the other being your part in the Amish Christmas Miracles collection that's due out in November. But before we get started talking about those particular topics, I'd love for you to tell me more about making it to the publisher's weekly bestseller list. Okay, so for me, winning the publish, getting on the publisher's weekly bestselling list, it has meant so much. As a writer, there's so many competitions and contests we can join every year, and it's always exciting to final in something, but it it's all you a lot of that is other authors reading your books whereas with publishers weekly that's people who are actually going out and buying your books and are reading them and enjoying them so to me that is so humbling and just so touching that people are actually enjoying my books enough that they're going to go out and they're going to buy them and they're going to read them and pass them on to their friends. That, to me, is what my success is based on. Well, I can't tell you how excited I was when I saw that you had made it to the <clears throat> Publishers Weekly list. Is this the first time that that's happened for you, Dana? Um, actually, this is the fifth or sixth time. Oh, congratulations. What an accomplishment. It's been pretty amazing because it's never something that you expect. It's just something that, in fact, I had, I had no idea that I'd even made it on the list. I'd actually checked a couple days before and I didn't see anything. And I was like, oh, well, I guess this one's not making it. And then a friend said, hey, they just put up the new list. Did you see that you're on it? And I was like, what? So uh, I went and checked and my book's been on there for two weeks running now, which I still can't quite wrap my head around it. I've never made it two weeks running before. I can see how humbling that would be. I know that if that happened to me, I would, I would be blown away. And I can hear in your voice that you've been blown away as well. So knowing that, is that what success means to you is making it to, some, to a list like that? Well, I think that's part of success. But I think it's always dangerous, I think, when, to put my success in terms of monetary things. Because for me, my writing is a ministry. Uh, I truly believe that God has stories that he wants me to tell. And I always feel when I'm writing that there's a specific message or there's a specific person that he wants me to write to. And I never know who that is. So for me, being successful is the sense of peace I get at the end of a book when I feel like I have really written the story that he wants me to write. And that's, that's my goal, is to reach the people that God wants me to touch. I just absolutely love interviewing Christian authors because the things that come out of 
your mouth or, or the authors that I interview it is the exact same things that roll around in my head every time I write the end or when I close that book and I've said, okay, I have done what God has asked me to do. And that's all I can do is put the message out there. So it's so re- it's, it's so encouraging to hear that from other authors as, authors as well. So knowing that, I, I know a little bit about your background, but tell the writer or tell our, our listeners, is writing your full-time career? No, it's not. Um, I am a teacher. I have been a teacher for the deaf and hard of hearing for, let's see, I graduated from college in 1993. So it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, It's been a while. I've done a stint as an interpreter, an educational interpreter, and I'm back as a teacher now. So that's my full-time career. And then writing is my second full-time career. Would you like writing to be your, your, your number one career? That is the goal. That is the goal. Uh, My husband and I have talked about it. We have two children putting that need to go through college. (laughs) So we can't think of me retiring until until we're done with the college thing. But eventually I would like to write full time. Well, on a t- since you're juggling um, two jobs and I juggle two jobs myself, my husband and I own a digital marketing company. So I work there full time and I write in the evenings or an hour before I go to work. So I know how it is juggling those two careers. <clears throat> what time of the day do you write? And you know, on a typical day, how much time do you spend writing? You know, I was asked the same question just the other day. And it's funny because I don't write every day. I've tried it, but for some reason, it just it's just not my process. Uh, I do brainstorm. I do um, character chats. Uh, in fact, when I'm driving to work, a lot of times I'll be talking to my characters. So thank goodness for... Bluetooth. People are probably thinking I'm on a phone call. No, I'm talking to my characters. But um, well, on those days that I do write, and that's probably about four or five days a week that I actually do sit down at the computer and I will write out the scenes that I've been working through my mind that day or the day before. I'll spend two or three hours in the evening writing. I'm not a writer who does very well with little half hour blocks here and there. I need to be able to really sit for a long time to get into the story and actually be able to write something that, because when I sit down for 20 minutes, most of the time what I've written, I will end up tossing out because it's just not good. I really need that that time to get into the story and really forget the world around me and just focus. Well, that, that's, um, in, that's very interesting. So you've been writing for a really long time. Tell us about the very first book you published and what that journey was like. Well, there were actually two books. So let me start at the beginning. Back in 2013, I decided to enter Harlequin's So You Think You Can Write contest. And I entered with a inspirational contemporary romance aimed at Love Inspired. And I was so excited about the first chapter. Um, It was all about things I love. I mean, my heroine was a deaf woman and the hero was a doctor. He was a uh, child of deaf adults. And I really, really loved 
that story. And so I wrote the first chapter because that's what we turned in. And I was so excited when I made the top 50. So yay, I finished the book. I turned in the book. It didn't make it any farther than that. In fact, <clears throat> it's still probably one of the worst written things I've ever done. <laughs> but, um, but I wrote a full book, so I was really psyched. Now, I had never, ever thought that I would write suspense anything. I love suspense, but it had just never occurred to me. But when 2014 came around, Love Inspired Suspense put out this um, competition, Search for a Killer Voice. And all they wanted was the first page. So, you know, I wrote up a first page of something and I took a leap of faith and I hit submit and I sent it. And that ended up being my first book with them. They, they bought that in July 2nd of 2014 which is funny because at the same time I was writing that, I wrote this little Regency novella and I sold that to a, I sold that to a small press. And so technically that was my first book out, but it was, it was not my best work. So I really consider presumed guilty my first book. Mm -hmm. Well, that so, sounds like a, uh, an interesting journey. And from there, are you still writing, you're still writing Love Inspired? <laughs> I am. And are you with any other publisher besides them? Not at the, well, let me rephrase. I am writing my last book, contracted book with Annie's Fiction, okay. which is a subscription type um, publisher. I have had two Amish romances in their Hearts of Amish country series and this is going to be my second women's fiction book in their in of magnolia harbor series oh my goodness so you're just out there everywhere how exciting i'm sure you have a good following of readers um through all of this so let's change gears a little bit i want to hear more about plain refuge um that is such a unique title can you tell us the significance of of plain refuge of the title plain refuge okay well, this story is what's considered an Amish-adjacent story. Uh, my hero and my heroine are not Amish. They are on the run, and they take refuge in the Amish country. So, so plain being Amish and then refuge is where they are taking well, refuge while they get away from those who want to kill them. Well, that, that makes sense to me because I have not read the book. So I was, you know, I read the back cover and, you know, I was, I, I was trying to wrap my arms around it. So I have to tell you that I fell in love with the cover though. Do you have a lot of say in um, the cover designs or do you just send in your information and you just have to accept anything they give you? It's a little bit of both. What happens with Love Inspired Suspense is... They ask us to pick out three scenes from the book. And so we'll describe the book, the scene. We will um, describe the emotions, the time of day, what it looks like. Uh, we'll send in pictures that show kind of what we think it sh you know, should, you know, what we think um, the characters look like or what we think their clothing looks like, what we think the scenery looks like. And then they'll take it from there. And sometimes 
our ideas and their ideas are very similar and sometimes they're not. Um, <clears throat> and so when we pretty much have to take what they give us back, although if they get a detail really wrong, uh, <laughs> like with Plain Refuge, when I got the first tentative cover, and there is a scene in my book which involves a train, an, an Amtrak train and a buggy. And when the, I got the first image, the train was backwards. So it looked like the train was going away from them rather than to them. So, you know, obviously they changed it because <laughs> that, was not, that was not correct at all. But some things they can't change, but they were able to change that. And that was probably, a, you knowing the story knew exactly right off the bat that that train going the wrong way was not going to coincide with your story and they, and they wouldn't know that right off the bat. So I know sometimes those cover processes, that can be the most frustrating for me <laughs> is trying to get across what I want, what I have visioned in my head and what actually happens are two different things. So in plain, it sounds like in Plain Refuge, you have two, you have two sets of characters, um, an English couple and then the, the Amish um, that are involved in there. Do you have any future for the characters in, in maybe an Amish setting without the English being involved? Well, let me, yes and no. So this book is out now. My book that's coming out in December starts in English country because my heroine is, my hero for Plain Refuge, his sister who thinks that her husband is dead. But in um, Deadly Amish Reunion in December, she finds out that not only is her husband alive, he's re he has amnesia and he's returned to his Amish community. So now people are after her and he has to bring them back to his community in order to protect her and the son he never knew he had. Oh, I love, I love it when when I read a story and characters from a previous book are, are introduced back into it, it's like you've already made a connection with those characters. So you're, you're excited to finish the book to see where it'll all end. So that's really exciting. Well, I can't wait to pick up Plain Refuge um, and read it. I am in the middle of a book right now and I have a really hard time reading um, uh, books in my genre when I'm writing something. So I'll have to wait when I'm on hiatus from writing in order to read it, but it sounds really interesting. So moving do on, too, do you do that too? Yeah, when I'm writing suspense or Amish, I won't read suspense or Amish. I'll go to something totally different. Until I, I, because I, I do the same thing because I'm so afraid that, uh, you know, is that my thought or is that somebody else's thought? So I have to stay clear of, of books that I'm writing about. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm really excited to be part of the Amish Christmas Miracles collection that comes out in November. And I know you're part of that as well. Um, have you started that book yet? I'm still in the brainstorming process. I've got my characters and I've got what the story is going to be about. Um, but And giving the characters though is always, is always like, the first part of my process. I can't do anything until I have my characters down. Oh, me too. Me so, too. So have you pulled one of your characters from any of your other books or is this just a whole new person that you've, you've conjured up in your head? This is a brand new set of characters. 
um, because I don't, I, all of my Amish books are from other publishers and um, with Love Inspired Suspense, <clears throat> like they would, they prefer that we not use our characters unless we have their permission. Like I'm taking two former characters right now and I'm putting them into a novella that's going to be a 15,000 word novella on my website for newsletter subscribers. So I'm already doing that. So I decided for this book, I'm just going to start fresh and have completely new characters. Oh, I, I, and that, and that sometimes the character building process is the most fun for me. I mean, I don't know about you, but I love building new characters. So I know you don't have your, your story written yet, but can you give us any little keys to where you might be going with the storyline? Yeah. So I have my heroine is Louisa and Louisa is one of those people who always looks on the positive side of life. And it's amazing because a few years ago, she was in a horrible, horrible accident, um, an accident that changed her forever. And so now, <clears throat> even though she's a very bright, very outgoing person, she's suffering from this disability that has been caused by the accident. So, she has a best friend, a best friend that she had always thought that one day they might get married, Caleb. And Caleb has some internal issues going on because um, he feels really bad about her accident because he knows that he's the one that actually is to blame for the accident. And she has no idea that it was his fault. Oh. So even though, even though in their hearts they love each other and feel like you know he's got that block where how can he how can he really be with her when he knows that he's the cause of all her pain and she has no idea why he's been pushing her away all these years so it sounds like maybe the message in your story is forgiveness forgiveness and the other thing is that God can always overcome any situation. He is stronger than anything our lives throw at us. Well, you know, a lot of our listeners um, probably already know about the Amish Christmas Miracles Collection that we're all writing, but every one of the story will have 14 stories in it, 14 different authors from across, you know, um, an array of different Amish author fiction authors. But the one thing that all of the stories have to have is a love story. And then, you know, in that love story, we all are probably going to write a, a key theme or a message. And it sounds like your message is right in line where these stories are going to be. I don't know about you, but I can't wait till, you know, November gets here and I can just curl up and just get lost in all 14 of these stories. How about you? I am super thrilled about it. Um, I have read almost all of the 14 authors that are included in this. And when I was asked to join the collection, um, I was amazed and humbled because some of these women I've, I've been reading for several years and they just amaze me with their talent and their inspiring stories. So I am just thrilled to be a part of it. 
and I can't wait to read the other stories. Oh, neither can I. And you know, each one of us, I have, I have talked to a lot of them by now. And throughout the summer, I will have each one of these authors that are included in this, in this collection on this podcast as a guest. And each one of them, um, just like you, just like me, we all have a very strong faith and that faith is going to come through in each one of these very inspiring stories. So I, I can imagine that um, this book is going to be um, well receptive um, come November and December. So thank you so much. So I, I love to switch things up a little bit um, as we close up and I like to do some fun things. So do you have one thing that you can um, share with our listeners that they may not know about you? Um, one thing that they might know about, might not know about me is that I am a huge, huge Star Trek fan. <laughs> I I have gone to conventions, well, only, only two, that was enough, but I mean, I, I have seen almost all of the shows. My husband and I have the DVDs for three of the series, and we, we watch them. We don't watch a lot of TV because we don't like most of what's on, mm -hmm. but for our downtime, we will put on like a Star Trek Voyager or a Next Generation, and we'll just watch an episode together, and that's that, like our fun time. Oh, that that is too funny because you know my husband's a big Star Trek Star Trek fan too, and I, I'm not really into Star Trek, but I know when one of those red shirt guys come on, he's not gonna make it. He's not gonna make it out, you know. So I know all about the red shirt, and if he if, he, if they get beamed down in a red shirt, they're not coming home. So <laughs> that I do know about Star Trek. So if you could have one season, what would it be? Oh, see, that one's hard because it would be a toss-up between spring and fall. I love the, um, like, <clears throat> sunshine, but I don't want the really high heat or the extreme cold. I like the weather where you can walk around in jeans and a t-shirt and maybe pull on a um, hoodie if it gets a little bit cool. I love the smell of wood smoke for campfires or um, burning leaves. And I just love how all the colors come alive in both those seasons. Well, fall in Pennsylvania, and what some of our listeners don't know is Dana and I grew up in, or not grew up, we're from the same area, even though Dana, you're from Chicago. And you moved yeah. to Northwestern Pennsylvania. I grew up in Northwestern Pennsylvania. So spring and fall in Northwestern Pennsylvania is absolutely beautiful. So I can see how you would enjoy both of those seasons. So on, on a last note, I have one more question. If you could choose celebrity parents, who would you choose? Well, honestly, if I could have celebrity parents, I don't think I'd choose anyone. Um, not because there aren't admirable celebrity parents out there, but because I really feel like my own parents were the best parents I could have had. Um, my, my father is no longer with us, but he and my mother, they would have been married um, 50 some years if he were still around. Both of them, it's funny because they, both of my parents were Christian, but they were not the same faith. They were not the same denomination. So even though 
they would go to different churches on Sunday. It wasn't a, it wasn't a one is better than the other because I knew that both of them loved God with all their hearts. And I knew that when they came home that they brought that same message to us. Uh, I had three brothers, so we were welcome at both churches. We went to both churches and I don't know, I just feel like my parents worked very hard to make it work and to make sure that we knew what was important. Well, that has to be the sweetest thing I have ever heard. And I didn't expect that as an answer. And I am so tickled that that was the answer that you said. So that is a perfect note to, to um, end on. Danny, I just want to thank you so much for spending time with us. And I look forward to reading all of your stories, um, especially the one in the Amish Christmas Miracles collection. Dana, I want to thank you so much for spending time with us this week, and I look forward to reading your story in the Amish Christmas Miracles collection. That wraps up this week's episode. Next week, we'll have Shelly Adina on as our guest to talk about her latest project along with her part in the Amish Christmas Miracles collection. So we'll see you next week on Buggy Talk Podcast.